Good morning. <laughs> morning, everyone watching. Um, we are so excited here in the building that uh, that we uh, let go of the time a little bit, so we are a little bit late. We have a few young people visiting us this morning, so woo! <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, welcome, welcome. So um, I just want to uh, give a, a, a few moments for people to come online. I see there's two, three, there's a few people watching. Hello, Leafy. Okay. All right. Hello, Greg. Nice to see you there from the UK. Good morrow. <laughs> it's nice to see you. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to start in in John chapter three. I'll I'll do a few pleasantries afterwards again. But um, I want to I want to speak a little bit about our relationship with the Holy Spirit. And um, uh, let's, let's see where this goes. So uh, we just pray that God will speak to us today. Thank you, Lord. Holy Ghost, speak to us. All right, John chapter 3. Now there was a certain man among the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler, a leader, an authority among the Jews. He came to Jesus at night and said to him, Rabbi, we know and are certain that you have come from God as a teacher. So they, they, they knew. They knew, but they didn't want to relinquish the control that they had. For no one can do these signs, these wonder works, these miracles, and produce the proofs that you do unless God is with him. Okay, he shall be called Emmanuel, meaning God is with us. Okay, verse 3. Jesus answered him, I assure you most solemnly I tell you that unless a person is born again, born anew, born from above, he cannot ever see or know or be acquainted with, experience the kingdom of God. So don't you just love Jesus? You know, someone makes a statement and then he goes in, off in a completely different direction. But what he actually does is he draws his attention to what he's supposed to be thinking about. So he says, oh, I see I got your attention with the miracles now. So let me start talking about the kingdom. And you can't see the kingdom. You can't experience the kingdom if you're not born from above. Right, so verse 4, Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter into his mother's womb again and be born? So now he's obviously focused on the natural birth. Jesus answered, I assure you most solemnly I tell you, unless a man is born of water and spirit, he cannot ever enter the kingdom of God. All right. Now, a lot of people teach it this way, you know, like the, they say the water is like when your wife says, you know, you know, I get five minutes to come as right. So it's, it's not the water breaking at birth, of the natural birth, water and then spirit. No, so, I mean, if he's speaking to someone, they already had the natural birth. I mean, so you kind of. The word is wasted on you if you were never born in the natural anyway. <laughs> so who, is you, who are you speaking then to? So, but he says, you have to be born again. You have to be born from above. And then he says, you have to be born of water and spirit. Okay, so what is this water that he's talking about? Well, in John chapter 7, verse 37, he says, he says uh, and the last day of the feast, he stood up in a loud voice, he cried, uh, if any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And out of his belly will flow 
rivers of living water. And this he spoke of the spirit which afterward would be poured out, which, I, which was not yet poured out because Jesus was not yet glorified. So Jesus in between was glorified. Okay, and the Holy Spirit was poured out, wasn't he? Okay, so the rivers of living water is the Spirit. So if you have to be born of the water of the Spirit. You have to be born of the water and Spirit to see the kingdom. So he's talking about a birth from above. Because in the previous verses, he didn't say you have to be born from below and above to, to see the kingdom. He just said you have to be born from above to see the kingdom. So now it's exactly this birth that he's referring to. You have to be born of water and spirit to see the kingdom. So the water is the living waters that flows. So it's the same living waters that Jesus spoke about in John chapter 4. There's the woman of Samaria at the well. And Jesus comes to, to the woman there. And he says, um, give me some water to drink. And she says, you don't have a bucket to draw and the well is deep. So how can I give you water? And he says, if you knew the gift, you would ask me of water. Okay. And the water that I give you, if you drink of it, you will never thirst again. She said, uh, you know, this living, let's, it's the next page. Let me not quote it wrong. So uh, let's get to it. How is it that you, being a Jew, ask me a Samaritan and a woman for a drink? For the Jews have nothing to do with the Samaritans. Jesus answered, if you had only known and recognized God's gift and who this is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him instead and he would have given you living water. So there's the natural water and there's the living water. And the living water is spoken of the Spirit. So there's a well and there's, a living, there's living water. So when we are born again, we receive a well inside of living water, springs bubbling up and rivers flowing out of your belly, which means you can drink. This is something Jared Cooper said years ago at Spirit Word Ministries when he came to visit. He says, you can drink at will from your own well. All right. So, all right. Uh, she said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw and the, and the well is deep. How then can you provide living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Who gave us this well and he used to drink from it himself and his sons and his cattle. Jesus answered, all who drink of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never be thirsty anymore. But the water I will give him shall become a spring of water, welling up, flowing bubbling continually with him in him into for eternal life the woman said sir give me this water so that i may never get thirsty nor have to come continually here to draw and he says go call your husband so now he starts flowing in the prophetic now he starts now the well is bubbling up and flowing now the spirit is just speaking call your husband I don't have a husband. You have spoken truly. You've had five, and the one you're with is not your own. He says, ah, I perceive you're a prophet. So he just let the well flow. Ah, I perceive you're a prophet. Where shall we worship? Okay. Where shall we worship? And uh, he says, the Jews worship in Jerusalem. We worship on the mountain. But where's the proper place to Worship. Okay, Jesus said, you don't know what you are worshiping. We do. We Jews know what we are worshiping. We know what we are talking about. Okay, for after all, the salvation comes from the Jews. Okay, now verse 23. A time will come. However, indeed, it is already here when the true worshipers 
will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Okay, in spirit and in truth. It's, it's good to connect those two. Spirit, truth. Okay? They will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking just such people as these as his worshippers. Okay? So you can't, you, you can't separate spirit and truth. They will worship him in spirit and in truth. Not in spirit and in truth. So, like for instance in John chapter 1. Out of his fullness have we all received grace upon grace. Okay, so, and it says, uh, the word became flesh. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten, full of grace and truth. It's not full of grace and remember and truth. And then that truth is you want to expose everyone's Bad laundry, dirty laundry. That's not truth. Jesus says, I am the truth, the way, the truth, and the life. So it's grace and truth, and it's spirit and truth. So the spirit is the truth, and the grace is the truth. So we need to worship God in spirit and truth, and not have a sin consciousness. We need to worship, we need to uh, show grace and truth out of, you know, the word become flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory as of the only begotten, full of grace and truth. So grace and truth is what needs to flow out of us. Spirit and truth is what we need for it to flow out of us. How we worship God is in spirit and in truth. So we will worship God by the spirit of truth. Okay? And the grace of God is the truth. So you can't separate the two. It's, it's descriptions of different aspects of the same thing. So it's not grace and truth, remember. No. God came to wash away your sins, not to give you a consciousness so that you can point the finger any time that suits you. Okay? So it's not about that. It's about losing the memory that there ever was anything like that. Okay, so the truth is the cross and the blood of Jesus that washes away the sin. The absolute forgiveness on the cross. If that is removed out of the consciousness, we can worship God without the interference of any sin consciousness and sin awareness. And that's, he's, he's talking about taking your awareness out of natural and into the spirit. We enter by having received the Holy Spirit and now we have access to the Father and we can worship him in spirit and in truth. Okay, right, so now he says, God is a spirit, there's 24. Those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Okay, so uh, incidentally, Jesus always called, the, uh, called God his Father. This is the only place where he said God is a spirit. Okay, so... <laughs> Where we call the Father God. He just called him Father all the time. So God is a spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. All right. So um, we need the spirit of truth to abide in us, to give us access to the Father. All right. So back to John chapter 3. Where were we? Um, we know that you come f- from God as a teacher, for no one can do these things, these, these signs, and produce the proofs that you do unless God is with him. You must be born again. You must be born from water and the Spirit. Verse 5, now he says, 
verse 6. What is born from the flesh is flesh. Of the physical is physical. And what is born of the spirit is spirit. Okay, so if you associate with the flesh birth, with you can draw it right back to Adam. So we're either in Adam or in Christ. And Christ is the anointed one, that which is smeared on, rubbed upon, this, referring to the oil, which is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so you're either in Adam, which is the natural man, which is of the dust, earthly-minded, if you read 1 Corinthians 15. Or you're in Christ, which is the last Adam, the second man, which is the Lord from heaven. So you're either born from the first Adam or from the last Adam. You're either born from the natural or you're born from the spiritual. So he's saying you're either looking at your natural descent or at your spiritual birth. You can't confuse the two. So that's why today it matters absolutely nothing where you come from. Doesn't matter which side of the tracks you were born. Doesn't matter what skin color you are. Doesn't matter what language you speak. Doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Greek. Doesn't matter if you're slave or free. Doesn't matter if you're male or female. Does not matter. What matters is that you are born of the Spirit. Whether you're from Russia or from, or from you know, Syria or from America or from South Africa or from Germany, doesn't matter. Your flesh descent doesn't matter. Second Corinthians chapter 5 says, Therefore we do not know men after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Okay, The love of Christ constrains us, for we know uh, that we are of the opinion that if one died, then all died. And he died so that those who live might live no longer for themselves, but for him who died and was raised again for their sake. Consequently, we know no one any longer after the flesh and even though we did know jesus or christ after the flesh now we have such knowledge of him that we know him no longer after the flesh all right so how did people know christ after the flesh okay remember jesus son of david have mercy on me okay blind man jesus son of david have mercy of me so they knew him as son of david son of abraham it's speaking of a flesh lineage. In Nazareth, they didn't even recognize that. They just said, hey, isn't that Joseph's son? <laughs> and the, the more we recognize the flesh, the less we recognize God in, that came to manifest his grace and truth in the flesh. So if we just say, ach, yeah, this man Gareth, just just Gareth, we know where he grew up. He just grew up just just there, you know, and we know how he played, you know, with his little, what's a draad car in English, you know, wire, wire car. <laughs> well, I don't know what's it called in English. So uh, we know how he rode up and down with his bicycle in the street, and he always had a bad temper. And, yeah, we know him, man. Yeah, we know him. I said, well, you can't take him seriously. Okay. Until, until the Spirit of God shows himself, it's necessary for us to humble ourselves and recognize the gift so that we can drink of the living water. Okay, If we only look at the packaging, the flesh, we will never see the gift and we will never get the living water. If someone is sent to, 
to humanity, sent out with the word from God to minister the spirit, we need to recognize the gift so that we can get the living waters, so that we can drink it and become a gift. And the the water starts flowing, welling up inside us. We start drinking from our own well and rivers of living water starts flowing out. Okay, So there's, there's people, Greg knows me from when I was six years old. Okay, So you can testify of the, of the bad temper. Okay, so he, he knows me. There's, there's no pretense there. Okay, so, <laughs> so I, I've got some witnesses here. Okay, what I'm saying is, it's not about the flesh. It's not about all your flaws and how you can get all your flaws under control. It's not about that. I'm still not perfect in the flesh. But this is the truth. The spirit of truth is inside of us. And it is him who qualifies us. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, he says, uh, It is God who has qualified us to be ministers and dispensers of this New Testament of the Spirit, not of the letter of legally written code. For the letter kills, but the Spirit makes alive. So you will not get the rebirth by an intellectual you know, approach to an, in an academic style of the word. I'm sorry, you won't. But if you involve the Holy Spirit and you drink from the living waters as you read these pages, and the Holy Spirit reveals Jesus to you through these pages, you, man, you will be like a well and like a fountain of living water, and the fountains will stream and rivers will flow out of you. And what will happen? Oh, we know that you must be from God, because no one can do these signs unless God is with us, unless God is with him. Okay, so if you, if you see these signs and wonders and miracles, it means that there's evidence that the Holy Spirit is, is present. I'm not saying people who don't have signs don't have the Holy Spirit. I'm just saying that they're not operating in their full potential. But if you see the signs, you definitely know it's the Holy Spirit. Okay, so don't criticize the signs and the, and the wonders and the miracles. I'm more wary of churches where there's no miracles or no talk of signs and wonders and no talk of revival, where everything is just, okay, we are happy with what we have because one day we're going to heaven. No, that stuff will, will just keep you bound and keep you down. We need to rise up in our identity in Christ, and we need to follow the Holy Spirit, and we need to let him loose and let him live in us and through us so that the world can see Christ, so that the world can see a manifestation of what Jesus died for. All right. Okay. So what we need is to be born of the Spirit. What we need is to be surrendered to him so that he can live in us and through us. Okay. Let's just jump to... We already... Spoke about John 7. Let's go to John chapter 14. All right. So in John 14 verse 1, it says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. That's a nice, nice sentence to start this chapter with. Because there's so many people using this book, this chapter, specific chapter, to preach one day in heaven, and their hearts are troubled all the time. They are fearful of everything that's happening, and they just wait to be snatched away every second. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me or on me. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. Now he's speaking of the Father again. In the Father's house, there are many dwelling places. The Father's house is not planet heaven. 
The Father's house is his dwelling place. And how many scriptures says it? And I will be their God and they shall be my people. How many scriptures says he wants to come and indwell us? So the Father's house is the church. We are the dwelling place of God. The Revelation says, behold, the abode of God is with man. Okay? So in my Father's house, the church, there are many dwelling places, the individuals. All right? It's not streets of gold one day in heaven. Okay, it's speaking of the city which is the church. All right, verse two, uh, verse yeah, second of half of verse two. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I am going away to prepare a place for you. Okay, some translations say I am going away to prepare you a place. So he's going away to prepare you to be a place. <laughs> How did he do that? He went in as a forerunner. Hebrews chapter six. Went in through the through the veil, and he he prepared it for us. He as a forerunner. Okay, Hebrews chapter ten. He 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 opened up a fresh, new, living way for us through the separating curtain that is through his flesh and by the power of the blood of Jesus. So we, you can't go in without being drenched in the blood because that's the way. And the blood cleanses you, and and so by the blood of Jesus we are cleansed and we are prepared. To be the dwelling place of God. And through the separating curtain we enter into that place in Christ. That place in the Father in heaven. Where we need to be seated with Christ in heavenly places. So we enter into him. He is our dwelling place. So in, in John chapter 3 he says to, to Nicodemus. If I tell you things on earth and you don't believe me. What will happen if I start telling you about things of heaven? Okay. And he says, there's no one that has is, that is seen the Father except the Son of, of God that has come down from heaven and is in heaven. You can check it out in John chapter 3 just a bit later on from where we stopped. Okay, so Jesus was standing there in front of Nicodemus. He was in two realms simultaneously. He was in his body on this earth. But in, his, in spirit, he was with the Father in heaven. So he could see what the Father is doing. He could hear what the Father is saying. And so he would just say what the Father is doing, and he would just do what the Father was busy doing. Okay, so he was sent to manifest the Father. No one has ever seen God, but the Son has come to make him known. John 1 verse 18. He's the express image of the unseen God, Hebrews chapter 1. Um, Colossians chapter 1 also says he's the visible representation of the invisible. So because he could see in the invisible, he could manifest what he saw. All right? So he was in two places at the same time, in heaven and on earth at the same time. And that's what we are called to. You, your dwelling place is in him. And his dwelling place is in you. I'm in Christ and Christ is in me. I'm born of God and he lives in and through me. He expresses himself through me. I'm hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ is revealed, I, uh, when Christ shall appear, I will appear with him in the splendor of his glory. So that's the, that's the point. We wear him, the invisible. <laughs> we hide ourselves in the cleft of the rock. But he comes and he dwells inside of us and he shows himself in the world. Let your kingdom come in earth as it is in heaven. No one will see the kingdom, the invisible. Unless he is born from above. Born from water and spirit. Okay? Born from the living waters flowing out of you. Born from the spirit. The spirit of truth. Okay, let's read on. 
So we're going to prepare a place for you. You are that place. And in him, he prepared a place for you. He opened up himself to let you, to give you access. Uh, Ephesians, I think. Hmm. No? Oh, I can't remember. We have boldness of access. <laughs> I can't remember the verse. Okay, let's go. So, when I go and make ready a place for you, I will come back again and will take you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. Can you see? The, the whole point is togetherness. <laughs> Oneness. I in him and he in me. Right? As the Father was one with Jesus and Jesus was one with the Father. That's what he's talking about. Okay? So he didn't say, I'm going to leave you and 2,000 years later I'm going to come snatch you away so that you can come to planet heaven. It's not what he's talking about. Okay? Because two chapters later, which is the same conversation, he said it's a little while. And 2,000 years is a long while. So three days is a little while. So he, he died. He was crucified. And on the third day, he rose again and he appeared to them. Uh, Luke chapter 24, he appeared to the two on the way to Emmaus. They went back to Jerusalem, told them, and he appeared to them in the upper room as well. Okay? And they, they saw the joy. Okay, we'll get to that later. Okay. To the place where I'm going, you know the way. Verse 5. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. So how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through and by me. Okay. Everyone is trying to call me on Facebook Messenger. All right. Okay. So Jesus is the way. It's not, so how many people says, oh, he came to show you a way. He didn't come to show you a way. He is the way. He didn't come to give you information by which you can live and then find some magical way of enlightenment or something. That's humanism trying to explain a few doctrines, trying to, you know, get a few scriptures to hook on, but completely ignoring the rest of the word. He is the way. If you have the Son, you have life. If you do not have the Son, you do not have life. Okay, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. Okay, so he is the truth. So we must worship him in spirit and in truth. So we need to be connected with him to worship. Okay, no one comes to the Father except and through me. He didn't say no one comes to heaven. He said, no one comes to the Father. So the focus should never be one day we're going to heaven. Heaven is where he is, sure. Heaven is an invisible realm. But the whole word says, let, you know, it's trying, God is trying to manifest the invisible on the earth from Genesis. He made creation in this visible realm so that he could come and dwell with man here. Okay? He made you to be his dwelling place so he could dwell inside you. And be with you in this creation that he created. He didn't, he didn't create this, this earth so that it could be given over to some false prophet or to some demon or to some whatever. Okay? He made this earth and he redeemed it with his own blood on this earth so that creation could be set free, Romans 8, from, from bondage to decay. And enter into the glorious freedom of the sons of God. So we need to understand who we are. We are here for a reason. Our final destination is not heaven. It's the way to the Father. 
So our eternal dwelling is not one day in heaven. It is now and forever with the Father. Yes, maybe some, someone's body dies, but there's a resurrection and the body will be raised from the dead. So if, if the body dies and is buried, and one day there's a re resurrection and the body is raised from the dead, then where's that body? Back here. So there's, there's the invisible and there's the visible. Stop thinking it's two places. It's one locality in two dimensions. Okay? So, so creation is heaven and earth. All right? So it's not, oh, one day I'm going to travel to heaven. You're either in heaven or you're not. You can be in heaven or in hell right now. So if you, if you have the Son, you have life, which means if you have the Son, you have the Spirit of truth. You're born from above, so you're in heaven and on earth simultaneously. If you don't, you're in heaven and in darkness, heaven and in hell simultaneously. Ephesians 5 says it. You were darkness, but now you are light. So you, he has translated us from the dominion of darkness and, and put, translated us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. First Peter says, out of darkness into his marvelous light. All right, so darkness means where God is not. And God, that place of darkness is called hell. All right? But this message has never been heaven and hell. Show me the scriptures. It's about death and life. It's about darkness and light. All right? So either we are united with darkness or we are united with light. If we are in Adam, it's darkness separation from God, and existence in the world without God. Okay? And when people die, they go to the... They are just in this, in this spiritual state that they've always been. Their body just, just died. Okay? But if someone is alive in God, if their body would die, they would just live on in Christ. And guess what? There's a resurrection, so that body will be raised from the dead again. Okay? So we need to get this. The Father is our destination. The Father is the focus. The Father is the dwelling place. The Father is the one that we need to be with. It's not about going to heaven one day and ignoring the person, the Father. So imagine you get to heaven and the Father is not there. At least I'm in heaven. Now, if he's not, if he's not there again, if he's not there anymore, then why do you want to be there? So it's about going to the Father. Sorry, this was a long rabbit trail. And my time is up already and I never even got to the message. So let's quickly just say a few things. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm the way no one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would also have known my Father. From now on, you would know him and have seen him. Okay. So he's just a visible representation of the invisible if you see jesus you see the father philip said to him show us the father cause us to see the father that is all we ask then we shall be satisfied jesus replied i ha have i been with you all for such a long time and, you, and do you not recognize and know me yet philip anyone who has seen me has seen the father so he says, hey, Philip, are you still looking at the natural? Are you still looking at the flesh? So they knew Christ after the flesh. And then somewhere they started to know him after the spirit. Okay. How can you say then, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? What I'm telling you, I do not say of my own authority and of my own accord, but the Father who lives continually in me does his works. Okay. Let me just ask you this question. Who is the Father? 
Okay, we know John 4, we read it, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit. So the, so the Father at least is a spirit. Okay, but the actual Father of Jesus, who is the, the Father of Jesus? The Holy Spirit. How did conception take place? The Holy Spirit came over Mary, his mother. So his natural birth, well, how did that happen? The Holy Spirit. <laughs> so who's the father of Jesus? The Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit came over Mary. And this is the Holy Spirit that's operating in the earth. Okay, so who's the father of Jesus? Is the Holy Spirit. So if you're born of the Spirit, then you have the Holy Spirit. Okay, it's really simple. So don't try to figure out, yes, but it's three, but it's one. Don't worry about it. Just know this, that God is one. <laughs> he reveals himself in different ways. Okay? But the Father is the Spirit of God. Okay? And we have now received that same Spirit. You have the Father in you. The Father and Jesus, one. If you've seen the one, you've seen the, uh, the, the, the other. Now he comes to dwell in you. And when you walk and you're completely surrendered to him, if your eyes open to the things in the unseen, then you can say to people, you still not know me. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen Jesus. Okay? Like in Acts chapter 4, they saw the unfettered eloquence and boldness with which Peter spoke. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. So I want people to recognize that I have been with Jesus. Okay? So we need to, in the unseen, have a connection with him. We need, in the unseen, to dwell in that place where he is. Him dwelling in us, us dwelling in him in the secret place. So that wherever we walk, he would be visible and we would be hidden in him. All right? So this is what he's talking about. Okay. So now, let me actually just get to the title. All right. Do not believe that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me. What I'm telling you, I do not say of my own authority and my own accord, but the Father who lives continually in me does his works. Believe me that I'm in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the very works themselves. So the miracles testify of the presence of the Father. Okay, 12. I assure you most solemnly, I tell you, if anyone steadfastly believes in me, he will himself be able to do the things that I do, and he will do even greater things than these, because I go to my Father. So where did he go? Oh, a cloud received him out of their sight, Acts chapter 1. Gave us eight, go to the city of Jerusalem, wait until you are endued with power, and a cloud received him out of their sight. He didn't, there he goes, into the sky. He went into heaven it's like the cloud appeared and he went from the scene to the unseen, out of their sight. He was still there with him, just unseen. Okay? Where, so where any two of you are in, gathered together in agreement in my name, there I will be in the midst of you. So he's here, even though he's unseen. Okay. There's too much to say. <laughs> I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified and extolled through the Son. Yes, I will grant you all that you ask in my name. Okay. If you really love me, you will keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter. So Jesus in his flesh was a comforter. So now he gives another comforter to remain with you forever. Verse, verse 12. The Spirit of truth. Do you see there? Spirit and truth. Spirit of truth. Okay. 
the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him. Oh, if you see him, if you can see the kingdom. How, who is the ones that can see the kingdom? Those who are born of God. Okay. So if you have the spirit of truth, you're born of God. The world cannot receive him because they can't see him. Okay. Or know or recognize him. But you know and recognize him. For he lives with you constantly and will be in you. Okay. Uh, the, Jesus said the kingdom is not in observation. Look, it's there, here, it's there, it's there. He said, but the kingdom will be inside you. So what's he referring to? The Holy Spirit. Okay. I will not leave you as orphans, comfortless, desolate, bereaved, forlorn, helpless. I will come back to you. Just a little while now. <laughs> Three days. Okay. And the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live also. So if we know him after the spirit, we don't need his physical presence. If we only know him after the flesh, you can easily miss the spirit. But if you can only know him after the spirit, you won't, these physical presence wouldn't make any difference. His physical presence is there because of your physical presence. So whoever knows him in spirit has his physical presence in their own bodies so that they can bring the life to the world. All right. You will see me because I live, you will live also. Okay? That's awesome. That's a whole sermon on its own. At that time, when that day comes, you will know for yourselves that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Okay. John 17 for homework from chapter 7, from verse 17 to the end. Okay. <laughs> right. Father, I pray that they may be one, I, as you are in me and I am in you, that they may be in me and I in them, that the world may know that you have sent me. All right. We are one. We are the dwelling place of God. This is how the kingdom functions, through love. Made one in spirit. The love of God has shed abroad, was shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Makes the many one. Okay. So in our fellowship with the Spirit, we have the helper, the comforter, um, the Spirit of truth. Okay. Just want to jump over to uh, John 15. Verse 20, 26, but when the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the advocate, the intercessor, the strengthener, the standby, that's the word parakletos, that's different ways of translating it. When he comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who comes from the Father, he himself will testify regarding me. How will he testify? Signs and wonders and miracles. The works that the Father will do. Okay, just jump to um, John 16 verse 13. But when he, the spirit of truth, the truth-giving spirit comes. So he's talking about the helper, the parakletos, the one who is with us here. Okay. When he comes, he will guide you into all the truth. That means there were some mysteries that was not yet revealed in the days of the flesh of Jesus. But which could only be revealed after. Look at the writings of the apostles. 
Look at all those wonderful things revealed by the Spirit of Truth. And even now, God reveals mysteries through His Spirit of Truth. He will guide you into all truth, the whole and the full truth. For He will not speak His own message of His own authority, but He will tell whatever He hears from the Father. He will give the message that has been given to Him, and He will announce and declare to you the things that are to come that will happen in the future. Okay, the things that are to come. Man, I, I'm so far over the time. He is who was and is and is to come. Okay? If you read Revelation. So there were three worlds. The first world was, was uh, destroyed by water, if you read Second Peter chapter 3. And that was the flood of Noah. The second world would be destroyed by fire. That's what Peter said. And he said it was soon to come. And that was 70 AD in the burning down of Jerusalem. It, the, the Jewish world was destroyed. That the third world that would come is, was, is, is to come. The third world that would, would come is where we are now. The Holy Spirit incarnate in flesh in everyone that believes. That's the world. So what happens, what needs to happen now is the church needs to know when they are, who they are, and where they are. <laughs> we need to understand we are after the cross, after the Spirit has been poured out in the, in the third world. Okay. Uh, not third world country. We, we know we are in a third world country, but, but, okay. But the third world, okay. This is now that came after 70 AD, or that came after the cross. It was like an overlap for 70 years. Okay, 30 years, 40 years. Okay, so that's when we are. Where we are is we are seated with Christ in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father in him. Okay, and who we are is Christ in us, the hope of glory. Okay, so for us to know all of that, we need, <laughs> the kingdom needs to to be established on this earth and manifested. The kingdom comes to every individual as you are born of the Spirit. And as you surrender and yield to that Spirit, as you drink of that living water, it wells up inside you and streams and rivers of living water start flowing and there's signs and wonders and miracles and you start speaking by the Spirit. And what happens? The kingdom starts manifesting. The authority of God starts manifesting and you show Him and not yourself. All right? So that's, that's what the helper is here to do. The helper is here to help you manifest Jesus, manifest the Father, manifest, show the Son of God. Okay, Galatians chapter 1, Paul says, I was called uh, that from, from God that he, his Son would be revealed in me. Okay, Th this grace was given me. Let me just see if I can quickly find it. Mm. Galatians 1. Yeah, verse 15 says, But when he who had chosen and set me apart even before I was born, and had called me by his grace to reveal, unveil, disclose his son within me, so that I might proclaim him among the Gentiles, immediately I did not confer with flesh and blood, <laughs> with any frail human being, communicate to anyone. Okay, so don't know each other after the flesh, but after the spirit. Okay, right. Your purpose on this earth is to know God, to have the kingdom inside you, and to show the Son. 
so that he is revealed in you and you disappear in him. That's, that's the purpose of life. If anyone wondered, that's the purpose of life. All the philosophers wondered, that's the purpose, to know Jesus and to show him to the world. <laughs> there you go. There's the purpose of your life. <laughs> okay, so we are called into fellowship with him. Okay, so 1 John chapter 3, verse 8 says, For this reason the Son of God was made manifest, to destroy the works the devil has done, to undo, destroy, dissolve the works of the devil. Okay, so how do we destroy the works the devil does in people and on this earth? We manifest the Christ. How do we manifest the Christ? Oh, we just look to the unseen and not to the seen. And we see his face and we see the glory revealed in his face. And we are changed in ever increasing splendor from glory to glory. And he shines through us more and we are hidden in him more. And we reflect him more. And we show him more. <laughs> you need to see the kingdom for the kingdom to, kingdom to reflect in you. But you cannot see the kingdom if you are not born again. All right. So maybe this, this session should have been called born again or something. <laughs> I wanted to speak about the helper. I did get to the helper though. <laughs> but he, that's, that's what he helps you to do. To manifest Christ. To manifest Jesus. To make you the visible representation of the invisible. Okay, so that's his purpose on this earth. He's dwelling in you to show forth the unseen God in this world today. All right, amen. Thank you for your patience. I'm 25 minutes over the time, but that's okay. What's new? What's new? What's new? All right, all right, all right. So bless everyone watching. Uh, my friend Greg, man, miss you. And Shaul. Bless you, man. And Erica, also from the UK, just a little bit further north. Bless you, watching. Uh, it's always just nice to see that people are watching from all over. Uh, my mother-in-law, Rita Lakrama, is at the scene. We pray that, that you will, your recovery will be uh, even more speedy than it already is. And uh, Okay, there's a prayer request. Okay, Lene is asking, please pray for Tani Edith. They're removing a tumor today. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. Let that tumor be completely removed and let there be no problems in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Okay. All right. Harry, good morning. It's good to see you. And um, let me just see the scriptures. You are not living the life of the flesh. You are living the life of the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit of God dwells within you, the rest controls you. You are awesome. But if anyone doesn't have... The Spirit of Christ is none of his. does not belong to you. Awesome. Amen. Okay. So, uh, hello, Ma. That's my real mother. Hello, Ma. Lekker om te sien. En so met twee harkies. Ek stuur vir Ma ook harkies. Okay. Ishmael, what, watching. Bless you. And I think that's all the names. If I missed you, sorry, but you didn't comment, so I can't see you. So, <laughs> But be blessed. We really love you guys. And thank you for watching. And may you be just uplifted by the word. And may you know Jesus and the Spirit of God like you never knew him before. Okay, so we'll see you again tomorrow morning at 9. Not 10 past 9, but 9. <laughs> but bless you. Have an awesome day.